Turn with me to Isaiah. Chapter 9. There's two times a year where it's tough for me to uh, to preach. One is Christmas and the other is Easter. Because it's the same message year after year after year after year. It's the same message. I mean, what verses can you keep using? The message doesn't change. It's the same message. Always will be. Always has been for 2,000 years plus. Always will be. <coughs> but it's in that message that we find hope. Isaiah chapter 9. Begin with verse 6. We've actually sang this already this morning. A couple of people have talked about it, but we'll hear about it again. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accompany, will accomplish this. So before Jesus came on the earth, prophecies foretold the Messiah coming. And the, and the, the prophecies, and this is just one of them, talks about a mighty counselor, a mighty leader, a mighty uh, warrior, a, a riding in on his, on his white horse and, and conquering the foes and, and taking back the kingdom and, and, and doing all of these things. And these prophecies made the, the Messiah sound like this amazing, bigger than life person. Larger than life. We've been talking, Deb and I have just been talking about larger than life this week. People that are larger than life. They were expecting a larger than life Messiah riding in and fixing all of their problems. And yet, that wasn't the way God did it. Or did he? It's hard for us to, to look at it in retrospect because we know who Jesus is. We know who he was, what he said, how he lived his life. We see it from this side of the cross. But from the other side of the cross, from the other side of, of the, 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 what was actually happening in that day, it didn't look like a larger than life person. It looked like a baby. It looked like, like this little baby born in a stable, born in a barn. I mean, that used to be the, the dig that we would say to each other. Were you born in a barn? You know, I was easy, used to be able to, you know, it was kind of fun to tell your brother that. Were you born in a barn? Until I realized that Jesus was born in a barn. You know, he just, he just doesn't have the same ring to it anymore after that. But it wasn't what they thought. They were expecting this. And we see that all the way through. 
The only ones who saw a true glimpse were first the uh, the the shepherds because they had an angelic visitation. That's that's pretty grand. That's pretty amazing. And then there was the the uh, the magi, the the wise men, because they saw a star and they understood what the star meant because of the astrological movements of the blah 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 blah. They got it that there was something big happening. Even though when they saw him, he was two years old. But from that point all the way through, well, I'm I'm sorry, at eight years old, he was taken to the temple, and he was it was he was circumcised there, and there were two people who were waiting because God said, "You're going to get to see the Messiah." What did I say? Days, years, days. My head. I heard. I was saying days in my head. Eight years would be totally different, wouldn't it? Eight days. But in eight, at eight days, these two people got to see the Messiah. They said, okay, that's it. We've, we've lived our life now. We can move on. But for the next 12 years, he was just a kid. And then when he gets to the, gets to the temple, and he starts to confound the priests, they're all looking at him going, where'd this kid come from? Wow, this is amazing. He's pretty smart. We should get him in here to the school. We should, we should keep him around for a while. Well, but then that, you know, his parents are like, no, 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 you're coming back with us. Let's go home. And then for the next, math, 2019, 20-ish <laughs> years, years, He's just a guy. He's just a guy like all the other guys. Because we know he's just a guy like all the other guys is because when he's actually preaching in his own town, everybody goes, uh, isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't this Joe's kid? And he wasn't anything special. Except when you read this, he's special. When you read this, he's amazing. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of His government and peace, there will be no end. Has there been an end to His government since He became the King after the cross? Has there been an end to His government? No, there hasn't. There's been no end. Has it always looked like it? <laughs> well, you, you look at history and it looks like it's pretty, pretty bleak. Pretty sad to think that, okay, well, the Messiah came, but it didn't change everything. It didn't change everything for Israel. I mean, actually, 70 years later, 70 or 40 years later, 70 AD, Jerusalem is destroyed. Not one stone left on top of another. Goes into the, uh, a period of time where, where Israel is driven out. Scattered all over the earth. Christianity is scattered all over the earth. It becomes something. Christianity, it becomes something. But even that isn't, doesn't look like this. 
It becomes a, a governmental system in Rome. It becomes an accepted, expected part of being a, a part of a, of a conquering Roman world. And even returns to Israel with the Crusades. Coming back as an army. That's it. We're going to take this back as an army. When the reality of it, that had, that had nothing to do with God's plan. God's plan is never dominion by power. Dominion by warfare. Dominion by judicial whatever. It's dominion in each and every heart. One person at a time. Until it grows and grows and grows and grows. Just like that light that Brian talked about. And we do that on, on Christmas Eve. We have the candlelight service and we talk about how one light became two. Two light became, or one became twelve and twelve became 120 and 120 became 500 and thousands and keeps growing. And it fills the earth. You can't go anywhere on earth today and not find a Christian somewhere. Somebody who is seeking after Jesus Christ. Seeking after God. His dominion, His rule. That word dominion, that word in the Old Testament, dominion means authority. It doesn't mean a government. It is a government. But it means authority. His authority will never end. He started it, but it won't end. Did Jesus, did Jesus have to walk by faith? It's a very important question. To understand. It's a very important concept to understand. That Jesus, God on earth, Emmanuel, we sang that. Emmanuel, God with us, God on earth. When God was on earth through Jesus, in the man of Jesus, he had to walk by faith. The Old Testament prophecy said, the righteous one will live by faith. Which means he didn't always know here would happen the way it said it. Hold that way up. There. In, his, in the natural, he didn't always know that it was going to happen the way it said. He had to believe it by faith and act it out. Every step of the way. He lived by faith. And it's through faith that his dominion, his authority, continues to work. It's by faith. We talked about faith on Wednesday night a little bit. And we'll talk about faith more and more and more. But it's by faith, believing that what the Word of God says, what God said is true and applicable to your life right now. That His authority still works today.
Because everything in this world is going to tell you that it doesn't. Everything. Now, turn with me to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, beginning with verse 1. I want to read something. I, I, uh, I asked you if Jesus had to walk by faith. Also, did he always walk by faith? Luke chapter 18, beginning with verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, Yet, because this widow, widow, almost said widder, widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who carry out to him day and night who carry, cry out to him day and night, will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. I'm going to stop there, read what's left, but I'm going to come back to that. Jesus is talking about this. He's talking, guys, you don't understand. From this point on, my kingdom shall move, shall grow, shall increase, shall continue to fill the earth and my authority my power my my plan my kingdom will keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and there's things that are going to have to happen for that kingdom to increase and one of those things is you're going to have to live by faith and the kind of faith that doesn't let go that will not let go, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like, no matter what anybody else says. Even if someone has that seems to have more authority than you do comes to you and says, nope, that's not going to happen, you don't believe it because you've heard something different from the Spirit of God. Because the world will try to take it out of you. Other people will try to take it out of you. For whatever reason, it could be just pure ignorance. Pure ignorance. They just don't get it. They don't know. They don't understand. Or it could be jealousy. They don't like the fact that God is going to bless you. That God is going to do something in your life that He didn't do for them. Seemingly. And He will do, people will do anything to try to even out the playing field so that you're more like them. Why, why, why would you believe that God would do that for you? Why would you believe that God would heal you? Why would you believe any of this stuff? Because in the natural, it doesn't happen. That doesn't matter. I don't live according to the natural. I live in a new kingdom. And we must be convinced that we live in a new kingdom. And he's saying, he's saying, folks, be like this widow. Keep coming to God and not giving up whatever it is. 
No matter what the circumstances. He came, this woman came every single day to the judge, and the judge goes, I don't care. He said, I don't, I don't fear God, because that's one reason why you would do it, is because, you know, I know that I have to answer to God someday, and so I'm gonna give, do the right thing, because I'm gonna have to answer to Him. He's gonna, He's gonna ask me, give me, you know, for me to give an account, so I'm gonna have to do the right thing, so I'm gonna give you justice. She deserved justice, apparently. But the judge, for whatever reason, says, I don't care. The evil judge. I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to give you the justice. I don't fear God. And I don't fear man. I don't care what you think. But Jesus said, that's the worst possible scenario. But because of persistence, because of the persistence of a woman who really probably, a widow, widows were, you know, were, were lower, you know, you had the, the married men, and then you had the, the married women, and then you had the rest. And married, unmarried women, widow women, didn't have any rights. It wasn't a good system, but it's what they had. And what Jesus is saying is, the ones who didn't, didn't deserve anything, that if they were persistent, if they kept asking, if they kept believing, they kept coming and saying, I want, I, you said I could have, this is the law, this is what I should have, give it to me. And he finally said, you know, I'm going to give it to you because I'm sick of you showing up every morning. And if that's the way an evil judge is, how about a good father? A good judge. A good God. Be persistent. The lack of persistence is really equated to a lack of faith. Do you know that God will tell you no? Just to see what you'll do about it. Okay, I have to admit, I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't gonna say that this morning. That just came out. But there are times, why do you think you've waited so long to see the fulfillment of the promise? It's because he's wanting to see what you're made of. How much do you believe him? How much do you have faith in him? How much, how big is your understanding of who God is. Because if you understand that God is who He says He is and He'll do what He said He will do, you will not give up. Even when everything around you tells you it's not possible. Then at the end of this verse, Jesus asks a question. I believe it's a rhetorical question. But he says this. It's very interesting. Verse 8 again out of Luke 18. I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? The only one who can answer that is you. The only one that can answer that is me, for me. The only one 
who can decide, yes, Jesus, you will find faith on the earth, is you. When you say, I am going to trust you, I'm going to believe you, and I'm going to do what you said I can do. And I will have what you said I can have. And you do not give up. Think of the thing that you've been believing for the longest. That's biblical. <laughs> That's scriptural. That's good and, and just. <laughs> you know, it's all the, it's promised in the Word. Because His, He has given us great promises. We heard that last week in the, in the offering sermon. Great promises. Amazing promises. What are some of those promises? Here's the crowd participation time. Pardon? Healing. Healing is a promise of God. Absolutely. It is a promise. I can show you, we, and we have shown, and we'll continue to show scripture after scripture after scripture. It's throughout the Bible. He heals his people. Good. Another one. Restoration. Absolutely. And restoration many times is the worst, you know, the hardest to believe for because it's broken. It's stolen. It's, it's taken away from. I, that used to be my biggest regret was the things that I knew that God wanted to do in my life and I made really stupid choices and went the wrong direction and did things that were bad and did, did things that were, that were disobedient. And why would God want to give me the thing that He wanted to give me in the first place but I rejected? Why would He do that? Because He's a bigger God than we know. And He's a better Father than we know. But it seems like the restoration time part a lot of times is I broke it. I destroyed it. I separated myself. Why would God bring it back? And, and Satan will tell you every day, you don't deserve it. But he is a God of restoration. And if we don't give up, he'll do what he said he will do. He'll restore. I've seen it happen. I have seen it in my own life. I've seen it in the life of others. He will restore. Good. Anything else? Joy and peace. Do you have joy and peace in your life right now? Yeah. Right now, because you have a very, you know, soothing voice and I'm relaxed and things. I'd forgot about the bills that are coming up tomorrow. Yes, I, right now I have peace and joy. But what about in the midst of it tomorrow, in the midst of it, when everything's falling apart, when everything's bad, when everything is come and do, when everybody is demanding right now, here and now, let's get it done. What's what? What are you going to have peace and joy? Amen. You can. More promises. Prosperity. Nothing broken, nothing missing. The blessings of God in our life. That is a promise. That is a promise. It's a promise that as we cooperate with Him, He gives us everything we need. He gives us peace. He gives us, uh, 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 what was the other word? Joy. He gives us healing. He gives us, He gives us restoration. He gives us, He blesses our finances. 
verse after verse after verse, hundreds of verses that talk about that in the Word. Do you believe it? And we can go on and on and on. One more series of verses to tie it all together. Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter three. One through seven. Paul's talking to Timothy, he's telling him how how to preach, how to live his life, how to be a minister, how to do all these things, and he says this. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, 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 Rash. I see, I see my, I'm looking at the next word and it ends with shh. <laughs> Treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Have nothing to do with such people. We can have a form of godliness. We can go to church every Sunday morning. But when we deny the power, how do we deny the power? How do we deny the anointing and the, the power, the, 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 the very uh, miracle-working power of God? By not using it. By not believing it. By not walking in it. Yeah, by default. It isn't that we're... You know, we have to be bad people. No, we can, we can come and do all the right looking things. We can, we can come to church. We can, you know, there's churches all across America. There's churches all over the world that are coming together every week and they have a form of godliness. But they deny the power. We can have a form of godliness but deny its power. I can have it. I've caught myself having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Not anymore. Not anymore. We're not going to do that. We're not going to be like that. Why? Because God's Word is true. And we are going to be tenacious, tenacious, Tenacious. 2017 is going to be an amazing year. 2016 was an amazing year. I remember at the end of 2015, you remember back, to, or as you put it completely out of your mind, it's just a blank slate, I don't even remember. 2015 stunk. I don't know about you, but I remember 2015 was not really good. I was just so glad to be done with 2015. And just hoping, you know, that God would you know, redeem, redeem something, you know, out of 2016. But 2016, it, it seems as though we're taking big steps in the Spirit. There are big steps moving forward in our personal lives, in our, in our corporate life, in, in our, in, in the, the kingdom of God throughout the world. It seems like we're making bigger steps, bigger and bigger. I can hardly wait to 2017. 
Because we have a foundation of belief to build on. A foundation of faith to continue to build upon moving forward. You will see miracles in 2017. You will see peace and joy in 2017. You'll see it increase. You will see restoration in 2017. You will see prosperity and healing. and We're going to see it, and not just in our own lives, but in other people that we come in contact with. We're already starting to see it. I'm hearing more and more testimonies every week about God using people to, to pray for somebody and they get healed right then and there. Or they get saved. There's a testimony. I've been waiting for somebody to share. And, they, and they're not, they've been busy the last two weeks. What the heck? I know, people got stuff going on. Okay, fine. But I really want the testimony to be shared because it's amazing what God did. Somebody they've been praying for for 50 years got saved. That's cool. 50 years. For 50 years, every time they've shared, and they shared their faith with the person over and over and over and over and over, and the person would just kind of go, oh, that's for you. That's nice. And because they were persistent, because they did not give up, because they didn't write the person off. Because they didn't say, well, see, it's just not good. It's 50 years. I mean, come on. Because they were persistent and would not quit. One less person in hell. And actually, two less people. Because it was not only the person they'd been praying for 50 years, but their spouse, who they'd been praying for for 25 years, also got saved. That is kingdom. That is persistence. Kingdom persistence. Continuing to believe and believe no matter what it looks like. The further it gets away, the, more, the closer it is. The further it gets away, the closer it is. The further it gets away, the closer it gets. Because he's a God of restoration. Because he doesn't, he doesn't care what it looks like. So, God, how are you going to come into earth? <laughs> I got a plan. You wouldn't believe it if I told you. I mean, well, I'll tell you, he's going to be a, he's going to be a mighty, mighty counselor. You know, prince of peace. He's going to, he's going to be a, a the government will rest on his shoulders. It's amazing. And it looks like this baby in a manger. So that very impossible looking thing in your life may be the baby in the manger that God is getting ready to come forth. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we do come before you this morning. Lord, I just, we listen for your voice. We want to hear you. We want to know you. 
We want to know the King of all the universe more and more every day. Lord, we know you because of your word. We know you because of, of your spirit, your Holy Spirit leading and guiding us. We know you more than we did in days past. But Lord, we desire to know you more today. Father, I ask you for your Holy Spirit even now to fill us, to, f to overflow in us, to be able to, to have your way, even here, right now, to do whatever you want to do, to touch lives, to heal, to, to provide for, to answer questions, to, to fill our very lives. Father, we yield ourselves. We, we yield this day. We yield our, our, our moments to you. And Father, by faith, we yield 2017. Holy Spirit, continue to draw us into a deeper relationship with Jesus. Continue to draw us into a, a daily walk, a day a daily laying down of our own will and allowing Jesus Christ to be Lord. Help us, Father, to be like Jesus more and more every day. Does any, anybody have anything from God? Anything you're supposed to do? Anything that we're supposed to do? Anybody have something? I mean, make sure it's from God, not your opinion, not something you'd like to see happen. Is God leading anybody? Because we're going to see that more and more as time goes on. We're going to see God using individuals who say, you know what, the Holy Spirit just led me to say this or to do this. Pray for somebody. Not just because you want to, not just because it'd be cool, but you—it's Holy Spirit. It is a Holy Spirit unction to do something. All right. Praise the Lord. Have a wonderful week.